And with that, welcome back, Austin. Would you like to tell everybody where you've been, or is it a deep, dark secret? Yeah, you know, in the month of March, we like to go play baseball, even though that it is uh, 40 degrees and rainy outside. Since they built turf fields, they think that it's a pliable work situation. So I've been out on the baseball field, and now we're back to talk about a little bit of the major leagues and get back and enjoy ourselves a little bit. So that's where we've been. We had to have Austin in for this. It is MLB preview time. We've had a couple games on the docket so far, but uh, 99% of the season is still ahead of us. So we're going to talk to AL West. A lot of hype around the Mariners after last year breaking the playoff drought. I'm so excited that the Mariners are good. Uh, you know, there is we spent so many years... Not, not used to that? We're just not used to that, right? And for one, I think that it's... I don't know. I said, living in the Northwest, you always kind of naturally... Uh, true for the Mariners, but uh, it's I, I appreciate the fact that a they've been able to sign some players that um, show the fan base that they're really looking to uh, win now. Um, and obviously, like like you said, when they uh, coming back from, from was it seven runs, eight runs, whatever it was in the wild card game last year against the uh, against the Blue Jays, basically showed that they have the capabilities of winning a playoff game or two. Uh, and that was really cool as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to what the Mariners do this season. Obviously, they got to stay healthy, uh, but Luis Castillo is back for another uh, another big season, and then they're also hosting the uh, the home run derby in the All Star game. So you know you put a put a couple of Mariners in the All Star game, and you know the fan base is going to go crazy. So I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do this season, and I think that it's going to be something to really look forward to. Also, Julio Rodriguez needs to be in the home run derby put that on top now let's talk about mr rodriguez there we'll get to the rest of the roster here in a minute but he i have espn's 100 player rankings for this year he is number seven which he is great but this is absurd he is ahead of just going through some of the the young guys head of ronald acuna jr head of vlad jr head of francisco lindor um a lot of names. It's just ahead of Fernando Tatis Jr. A couple of years ago, we were talking about these guys as these are the future. These are the next Mike Trouts and the next Mookie Betts and the next Jose Altuve's. And then Jose Rodriguez or Julio. Why do I want to call him Jose? Julio Rodriguez explodes onto the scene, and they're saying he's right in there in that Juan Soto, Manny Machado level. Yeah, and I wouldn't put him necessarily in on that same pedestal. I think there are definitely tiers. But to your point, a lot of those names that you mentioned, I would venture to guess that he's probably around or close to the same level as those. Fernando Tartiz is, you know, I don't know that he's lived up to the hype that we expected him to live up to. Ronald Acuna Jr. has kind of hit a plateau. Bold statement. He was injured. Well, he led, he led the league in errors last year, so. Yeah. Nope. It's baseball. Who plays defense? Not Fernando Tartiz Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the AL West feels like we have the Astros at the tippy top. They've been the kings of baseball for the last five to seven years. It feels like Astros at the top, A's clearly at the bottom, and then you have kind of a logjam of Mariners, Angels, Rangers. Some people love the Rangers with Grom. The Angels have the two best players in the world, and then we've kind of gone deep dive here on the Mariners. But give us your AL West standings, and the Mariners can win the AL West if. Yeah, so uh, the Astros are clearly, the, I mean, they've been, they played for uh, the pennant every year the last six years, five, six years, however long it's been. You know, regardless of what they've done in the regular season, uh, and so they're off, they are the team to beat in this, uh, and I think that's true. 
You know, I mean, I would project them to get to 90, 95 wins roughly over the regular season. Uh, so, you know, I think that they're probably the the team that's going to win the division. So uh, to your point, to your question, the Mariners have to win the division if. The Mariners have to win the division if they have two guys that bat over 300, right, whether it's Julio Rodriguez, could be Ty France, you know, uh, J.P. Crawford. One of those guys has to do it, and I think – and. And they have to have a bullpen that stays healthy. That's I think that's the key part of it. You know, we talk about the starting rotation. They're going to be able to put up some runs. So I don't know that the starting rotation is super crucial. Obviously, having good pitching at the beginning of the game makes a big difference. But if you cannot lose leads in Major League Baseball and expect to make it to the playoffs, if not win the division, so if they can keep keep their uh, keep that back end really really healthy, that bullpen really really healthy, um, then that's really going to be the big. The, the game changer when it comes to winning this division. That's what they have to do uh, in order to really seek out those 90-plus wins that I believe the Astros are going to get to. So that would be the biggest thing for, for them to win this division. Well, there you have it for the AL West portion of our preview. We're going to deep dive here in the rest of these in the hour-long version of the show here in our little experiment trial run this week. And we're just going to stay in the AL you want to go central or east first? You want to talk about your beloved twins sure, or a good we can division? Go central. Right. Working our way geographically, the AL Central. This is the division that it feels like nobody can agree on a winner. It feels like the Tigers and the Royals at the bottom. Some people love the Guardians, some people have the Twins, and I love the Chicago White Sox, whom everybody else seems to be writing off. Sucker. But I think the White Sox I think the White Sox have a shot at this thing. Not because of any talent, but because the Central is kind of meh. Yeah, you know, the Central is an interesting division for the last 20, well, maybe that's 10 years or so. I don't think that they've really had a, as I swallow my uh, watermelon sour patch here, I don't know that they've really had a truly dominant team. Obviously, the Guardians uh, won the World Series, I believe, right? Um, or at least played for one. Did they win one? I don't know. I know they played for one. And... uh so, but over the last half of years, you know, it takes maybe at the core, at the max, 85, whoa, what are you doing? 85 wins to uh, to win the division, which if you know baseball, right, 82 wins, 81 wins is 500. So let's not pretend like it's going to take some dominant dominant performance from any one of those teams. I'm just, I'm just hitting buttons and turning knobs. And uh, as a born and raised Twins fan, I don't know that we're going to get anywhere past 85 wins either. Didn't, uh, did the Guardians slash Indians at the time, did they maybe lose to the Cubs 2016? Is that they the last did time lose they to made the Cubs. It? Yeah, I think, that was, I think that's right. And they, that's the last time they played for one, yeah. Um, fun World Series. And so I'm actually wearing, if, if we're putzing now, I'm wearing my Wrigley Field shirt as we speak, I think. How many shirts do you have on? Wrigley, is that Wrigley Field? It does say Wrigley Field. Let's go. That's right, as Thank Russell you. Wilson would say. He's not. I don't think he's riding anymore. I think they're calling up Paxton Lynch to see if he's available. Let's ride and roll tide. Anyways, uh, so I, I mean, I can. I'm never going to be able to pick against the Twins, obviously, for for whatever it's worth. I think we started off really hot. Um, <laughs> we lost today one to zero because uh, we've placed uh, the former or the reigning NL Cy Young winner. But, uh, you know, based off of what I've seen so far in the year, their offense has been good, the bullpen's been good, and then the starting pitching has only given up 
six runs in five games. Uh, so you know that uh, if they can maintain and it, say maintain pace, obviously they're not going to maintain pace because that's a you know a high winning percentage. But you know the steps that it takes to get there when it comes to good starting pitching, timely runs. You know, you got to hit with scoring in position. You got to stay healthy, and the back end's got to make sure they shut down when they need to be sh- shut down the other team when it's when they need to shut down the other team, right? That's the formula to success, regardless if you're the Twins, the Royals, the Yankees, or the Rangers. Um, and so far, they've been able to do that. We're a week into the season, so you know things could go down south quickly. Um, but if the Twins maintain that what they've been doing so far, um, with the addition of the star. Uh, Carlos Carrera, I say the addition, right? He was added last year, but the re-signing, um, then I think that this is the Twins division. I'm just not sold <clears throat> on your Twins. Yes, Correa's big stars. Buxton's great if he's healthy. Max Kepler's a nice piece. I just, do I trust this rotation? If Sonny Gray is my ace going into a game seven and I'm facing down Max Scherzer, I don't know that I love my chances. Like, Son- Not that Sonny Gray's not great. He's just, is he on that level? Is he in the elites? No way. Not even close. And so I'm not talking about I'm not talking about winning in the playoffs. We're talking about winning the division. Much different. Ah. Right? Let's say the Phoenix Suns last year won 62 games, and then they got creamed by the Mavericks in Game 7 because they didn't have the best player on the floor. Right? You can be good in the regular season. There's a, there's a handful of teams. We can make this argument all day long. There's a, I, I would argue the Boston Celtics are like this, where so they're built for the regular season. They put everything. They go all in on the regular season. And I said to keep it clean, they just, I mean, they spill their beans in the regular season and they're not built to win in the postseason. And typically you have to, A, have the best player on the four and you have to be able to uh, withstand a seven-game series with coaching and star power and all of the above. Uh, And so the Twins are more built for the regular season, just like the 2019 when they hit 300-plus home runs, whatever the the number was. And... um, but just because you're both a regular season does not mean that you're going to win the playoffs. You have to have, to your point, a Max Scherzer, a Justin Verlander, a guy, a guy. Um, Clayton Kershaw can be put in that same, like Walker Bueller, you know, those kind of those kind of pitchers um, just to be able to win in the postseason. So I think that they can win well, but win a lot. But I don't know that they're going to be built f- to yeah. win when it comes to October. I, I just don't know that. The Twins or the Guardians, and we're not really talking about the Tigers and Royals because they're both rebuilding, but keep an eye on Spencer Torkelson. Get used to that name for the Tigers. He may be, whether or not he's with them or gets a big deal to go elsewhere. He's a young gun, I think, has a bright future. The Guardians, I'm just, I just, I'm not sold on your Twins, and I'm not sold on the Guardians with Mike, Jose Ramirez is an all-pro player, but otherwise, you know, Mike Zanino, Josh Bell, are those your next best talents, or do they have some young guns coming up? But you're lying on Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber was a monster four years ago, or what, four or five years ago. Does he still have the heat that he can be your guy? I just, I'm not sold on the Guardians' bullpen, or not bullpen, but their entire rotation. I go over to the White Sox, and I can throw Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, or Mike Clevenger at you. I feel a lot better about the White Sox. I don't like losing Jose Abreu, but you still got Yasmani Grandal, Elvis Andrews somehow still doing his thing, Yohan Mankata, Tim Anderson is a big star coming in this league. Andrew Benintendi's there, Eloy Jimenez. I just I feel like the White Sox, and now that they don't have Tony Larusa leading the way, I feel like the White Sox are the team to go with here. I, I seem to be very much in the minority based on what I'm reading from baseball smart people. I'm I'm riding with the White Sox. Yeah, a lot of that has to do with age. You know, I, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, you talk about experience. Experience is good. Age is not good. 
Um, and so they definitely have the talent and the, uh, the ability to do so. But um, 162 games is a long se- season. Um, and in this day and age, it's really hard to stay healthy over over the course of that season. So how long can their core group play? Or how much? T- how many games do they play together? That's the, kind of the real question when it comes to the White Sox. The Guardians, on the other hand, um, not that they're older, younger, um, anything like that, but they have done such a good job of developing pitchers that even though Shane Bieber obviously is is the guy that we know and that's a household name over the course of you know their last ten or fifteen years, they ha- they developed some really really high high caliber pitching. So their staff is going to be good regardless of it's going to be three or four guys that we know or just one um so they're they're they just got to figure out a way to score um to to generate more a little more offense so i'm picking the white Sox for the central who are you picking for your central winner the twins you're picking the and then the west did we both go astros are you bold enough to go outside that i'm gonna go mariners Ooh, i like it anything else on the central before we go out to the eastern seaboard nope Let's roll. Going out east, which I would argue is the the best division, at least the deepest, when you go to the top, you got the Jays, the Yankees, the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Orioles. I think we kind of know what the Orioles are, and the Red Sox seem to be in a rebuild. When I did my rankings for the, kind of looked at where I thought the MLB was going to fall, I had four really tiers more than rankings. I had greats, which was about the top nine, and then I had about eight teams in the good category. I had seven down in the really, really bad, and then the rest kind of went into my surprises category. That's where I have the Red Sox and Orioles. I don't think either of them are going to be A's, Reds, Rockies levels bad, but I don't think the Red Sox or Orioles are contending here. I think it does come down to the Jays and Yankees, and the Rays are going to kind of hang around for most of the season and then be the middle of the pack. I think at least the last two years, if not the last three, I have been all about this Blue Jays team, and I will ride with them once again, and I will go down with this ship. I just I look at this roster, and they're going to hit a million home runs and score 10 runs per game. They just may not be able to defend their way out of it. But my rotation, I've got Kevin Gossman, Alex Manoa, Jose Barrios, and Yusei Kikuchi. Love that rotation. Vlad Jr., Whit Merrifield joining, Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette, Kevin Kiermeyer, George Springer coming up from the Astros with his second year with them. Brandon Belt. Who remembered Brandon Belt was still around? you got Kevin Biggio can't even crack the starting lineup. The Jays are loaded. If they can play a little bit of defense, I, I've got them taking the East. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays were my team, my World Series pick last year, or at least a pick to go to the World Series, and I was um, vastly disappointed by that because they definitely did not make it to the World Series. They sure didn't. Um, you know, they kind of just got <laughs> – what a fun game that was, wasn't it? And uh, so, you know, yeah, to your point, I think this division is probably the deepest. I think the top three teams all have an opportunity, you know, based off of situation to uh, – to win the division when you talk about the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. Uh, I, <laughs> you talk about a loaded roster. I'm talking about the Yankees loaded roster. When you talk about uh, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, Carlos Rendon, Garrett Cole, you know. Is Carlos Rodon the one punching fans, or am I confusing him with somebody else? That was Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon. You know, Aaron Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. I mean, Rizzo may be a little bit older, but, you know, they still have um, quite a few quite a few stars on that team as well. Uh and so I'm really, you know, I'm not a fan of the Yankees, never really have been. Um, but when it comes to, you know, paying money to, to get their stars out on the field, they definitely do a good job of that. And this doesn't change this year. Um, they have Anthony Volpe, who is kind of their young up and coming. You know, everybody says he's the second coming of Derek Jeter. I don't know that I'm ready to put that to him yet, um, considering he's 21 years old, uh, playing shortstop for the Yankees. But I'm going to go based off more of experience. 
Um, in this one, I'm going to go with the Yankees over the Blue Jays. I I don't know if it was the magical year last year or the, all the attention around Judge setting the home run record. I think the Yankees are still a playoff team. i just very nervous about a drop-off with them. I don't know what it is. I just have a snake-bit bad feeling about the Yankees. I think you mentioned all the stars for them. and that, Also, DJ LeMahieu is still there. They, they have like six huge bats. You mentioned Judge Stanton Rizzo. You had in Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, and Josh Donaldson is still floating around there. You can crush home runs. I just don't know if they're going to win games. Yeah, well, I mean, again, they have – I mean, you talk about Nestor Cortez and Luis Severino on, on their staff too. So, you know, I think that they're going to have just fine on the front end as well. So I think they're going to win plenty of games. Also, talk about them a little bit more. As we're recording this, the 5-0 and undefeated Tampa Bay Rays with uh, – Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lowe, Wander Franco, who's another guy I think a lot of people think is a top 20 player. Randy Rosarina has kind of been the star of this rebuild for them. Uh, and then the pitching rotation there with Shane McClanahan leading the way. And who is the – no, that's the Miami Marlins. Confuse my Florida teams. Uh, I, I think the Rays just a nice, solid team. Just they're going to have to battle in the AL East all year, and I don't think they can conquer the Jays and the Yankees. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, again, if they're playing in the AL Central, they probably win the division, right? But say so you play in a division with two teams that have all those stars that they have, it makes it a lot, it's a lot more difficult to make the playoffs. So are we both picking the Jays to win the East, or are you going Yankees? I'm going Yankees. Okay. So to recap, and we'll get to our playoffs here at the end, but I'm going – Astros, White Sox, Jays. Austin is going Mariners, Twins, Yankees. Just look at that. All different picks. We didn't even agree one. We'll see if we can agree in the NL. Doubt it. Which which division would you like to start the NL with? Uh, the West. We started with the AL, uh, AL West. Let's start the NL West. Uh, the West, for me in the NL, two haves, two have-nots, and somebody who's on the precipice of having something. You've got the Dodgers and the Padres are two of the top five teams in Major League Baseball this year. I think the Diamondbacks and Rockies are on their way up in the rebuild. Not in the dregs, you know, not the worst of the worst, oh, especially the Diamondbacks. We'll get to them in a minute. I think there's something sizzling there in Arizona. And then the Giants feel like a team. I have a couple teams. It's the Giants and the Cubs. If you're better than the Giants and Cubs, you're in the playoff hunt. If you're worse than the Giants and Cubs, I think you're on the outside looking in. The Dodgers feel like they're not quite as special. I think they've shed a few of their big star players, but... Still have Clayton Kershaw, still have Julio Urias, uh, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Mookie Betts. They added J.D. Martinez. I think there's still a lot of big bats there. Chris Taylor just feels like they're not 10 all-stars deep everywhere on the field, but I think enough to win this division and probably be an NL favorite. Yeah, I mean, you look at the rotation. It's a, it's a, uh, they also added Noah Syndergaard, if you remember that name. Thor. I love Noah Syndergaard. I want him to get back to form. He's been so torn up by injuries right and you know it's one of those things now where he doesn't have to be the main guy on the team anymore so who knows if he can come back and get back to form uh to what he was Where is walker bueller why is he not on this roster i'm looking at super good question and so uh the uh yeah i mean i don't know the dodgers are just so much they've been the standard in the division for so many years it's kind of like having tom brady on your team or having uh lebron james it's like you can't actually pick against them just because they've been the standard of the division for so long. I say even the year that the Giants won 102 games, you said the Dodgers found a way to win 103, right? And so why would you ever not bet against the Dodgers until they don't win the division? In my opinion, I said regardless of who they have on the team or who there's, who's coaching or 
what color they're wearing. It's just it's the Dodgers division to lose, in my opinion, up until they lose it. So, I mean, I'm not going to pick anybody else. It's just how we have to roll with it, I think. Walker Buehler had Tommy John in the offseason. Yes, he's not playing. All year. He had Tommy John and a flexor tendon repair, so he's out until 2024. Still, they're the Dodgers, and they're loaded, and they're going to crush people, but even without Walker Buehler. Yeah, but they also have the ability to score 10 runs a game. Well, there's that. So, helps. Now, I, I like the Dodgers, and um, but there's another contender here that everybody was really hyped on last year, and but the San Diego Padres are kind of the darlings of baseball. Austin Nola, Jake Cronenworth, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Matt Carpenter, and your all-time favorite player, Nelson Cruz, coming off as a, as, a, as a spot playing DH. They should be so good. As long as Tatis is in and healthy, they're going to contend. You've got Yu Darvish as your starting pitcher, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell. That's a dynamic top three. How is Michael Waka still around? He's listed as fourth in their rotation. You could, I could have named a thousand baseball players before I got to Michael Waka still being in the majors. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I just remember they also have Josh Hader too, if you know that name. But I just remember that it was like two years ago, three years ago, maybe yeah, two years ago when you Darvish went over there. Um, was that last year, two years ago? And was it just last year? Was he? Has he, has he been there two was, years I already? I think it was two years ago. Hey, how old are we? Because Juan Soto went there last year. That's true. And uh, they were just like the sexy name to pick. And everybody thought that they were going to be really good. And everybody thought they were going to take over the division. And everybody thought that they were going to beat the Dodgers and go to the World Series. And I think they ended that season with like 85 wins maybe, right? Nobody could stay healthy. Um, and it just wasn't anything that anybody expected. So, you know, maybe I have a little bit of PTSD from that season. You know, <laughs> you, you, the names that you list off are – uh, some some heavy hitters when you talk about Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Tatis and um, you know you Darvish obviously uh, so the, it's not to say that they don't have the talent to do so but um, I just don't until they find a way to put it together I just don't see them I don't I don't, I have a hard time believing in what they have done in the past I think they're a playoff team I don't think they're a beat the Dodgers level playoff team yet who's the best player on the Padres. Would you like me to name some candidates, or do you just want to go off the top of your head? Juan Soto. Better than Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, and we already know you hate Tatis. Well, it's probably between him and Manny Machado, I would, I would imagine, right? Well, I mean, you you are the judge, jury, and executioner here. I think Manny Machado is a dirty player, but I Ooh. think that he is probably the best player on the team. So it's, between, it's probably got to be between. Juan Soto is an MVP, so... Yeah. You know, and not to say that, you know, King Griffey Jr. might have also been an MVP, but he's not that caliber now for sure. But uh, uh, I think Machado is also in the middle of his prime. Uh, so, I mean, it's 1A, 1B when it comes to those two players. And so who's your division winner here out west? Are we both going Dodgers? Uh, I think we're both going Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, I've got Dodgers, Padres, Giants. Giants have nice pieces. Um, I still think they quite have the horses to get ahead of the two in front of them. I think the Rockies are at the bottom. And I was looking at the Diamondbacks. I was like, wow, the Diamondbacks are bad. And then I looked at like the A's and the Nats. I'm like, okay, the Diamondbacks are bad, but they're not worse than the league bad. I still think Cattell Marti is fantastic and needs to get somewhere better. Zach Gallon, decent starting pitcher, Lords Gurriel Jr. at DH. Diamondbacks aren't really going to impress you. They're not a playoff team, but I think they are. They're maybe a team to keep an eye on. Somehow, speaking of, I love doing this because you see guys like he's still around. Evan Longoria is backup third baseman for the Diamondbacks, and they still are paying Mad Bum a mountain of money. And they have a pool in center field. 
Well, it can't beat that. I mean, you have to be at least like a top 20 baseball team to have a pool in center field. Is their outfield impossible to hit home runs or super easy to hit home runs? I don't. I thought the Diamondbacks was one or the other. Neither. Who am I thinking of? Colorado. Who's about Detroit? Is Detroit's one that's impossible to hit home runs because it's just a giant field? Cincinnati's like that. Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, you know, Cincinnati, Arizona, they're near each other. Yeah. I mean, the, the C and the A are pretty close. Going to the Central. <laughs> kind of like the AL Central. I feel like the NL Central is the weakest division. Always. The, the, the Reds aren't going anywhere. The Pirates aren't going anywhere. The Cardinals are basically the Pittsburgh Steelers of baseball. The Cubs could be good or terrible by virtue, by virtue of somebody has to win it, and I like them the best. I'm going the Brewers. Corbin Burns is probably one of the five best pitchers in baseball right now. Add in Wade Miley, Brandon Woodruff. You've got a nice little rotation there. Will the real Christian Yelich please stand up? Seems to be a bit of a question we ask this team every year. Jesse Winker I really like. Luke Voigt's there. Willie Adamas. Rowdy Telez can be fantastic. William Contreras. I think he's a nice young player. Just Really, I'm going with the Brewers by pitching and consistency. They're not really going to wow you, but somebody has to make the playoffs from this division. Yeah, it's interesting to know that the Central in both the American League and National League for about, you know, I, don't, I couldn't say how long it's, I don't know if it's that Midwestern conservatism or what the reason is necessarily behind it, but typically it it only takes, because I would say this, the NL West, how many wins do you think it takes to win the NL West this year? Didn't the Padres get like 105 last year and not win? I need uh, to look that that up. was efforting. The Giants, we've got 102 and the Dodgers got 103 and then the Dodgers lost in the first round, suckers. Um but I just as a, as a whole, typically, like it said, to win the AL East, you're probably going to have to get to 92 wins. So quick history. So last year, Astros 106, Yankees 99, Guardians 92. The Blue Jays got second in the East with 92. Nine, 93 won it last year for so, the NL. For the NL. So the, for the AL Central, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, Braves, and Mets all got over 100, and then the Cardinals won the Central with 93. Right. Um, and so I think that the NL Central this year maybe only takes 88 wins. And so not to say that they have the – and that's the whole thing. I mean, I guess we were maybe talking about it before, but say there are teams that are built to win in the playoffs and there are teams that are built to, to win in the regular season. The Cardinals have had a team that of, of such depth with Nolan Arredato and Adam Wainwright was, has been on that roster for years. Colton Wong has been on that roster for years. Um I can't think of their catcher right now. He has been a forever. The the Car- the Cardinals are the angels of the NL. Um, they have two studs. You mentioned Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yadi Yadi retired, by the way. He did retire, but yeah. he was also like he was a, such a stronghold right. in that on that team for so right. many years that they were. I mean, they knew how to win in the postseason. So they felt as though it was one of those teams where, um, as long as they say they don't. They don't need to get to 100 wins to win the division, so why chase that? You know, let's get to 85, let's win our division, and then let's turn it on when it gets to the playoffs. Stay healthy, right? If we only have to pay, as a catcher, you only have to play 130 games instead of 160, then let's do it. So that way we have the ability to, you know, stay healthy um, and be at our best when it comes to the playoffs. So a lot of those central teams, to your point, I mean, you listed off five or six of them that had played for World Series or won World Series. Um, a lot of those teams have the ability to win when it comes to the, the postseason versus there are teams that are built like the 
like the Twins that are built to win a lot of games in the regular season but don't necessarily have that guy or the star power to take over when it comes to the postseason. The Cubs really intrigue me. They could be terrible. They could be decent. I don't know which way to go with them. Yeah, Marcus Stroman is the star pitcher. Kyle Hendricks still there. Drew Smiley's still there. So you have some guys who contribute. Eric Hosmer, whatever he has left in the tank, he's there. Trey Mancini, you had Dansby Swanson as the big offseason get. Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, eh, maybe a 500 team. I think they're. I think they'll be down in that playoff race till the very end. I don't think they make it in. They're not going to beat the Padres or the Dodgers or anything. But I think the Cubs are going to be better. They were kind of in the bottom of the barrel for a couple of years being a punching bag for a lot of teams. But I think the Cubs are starting to trend back upwards after they shed the the winning team of Rizzo and Schwarber and Bryant and those guys. I was going to say, they basically you know, gutted the team, the fan-favorite team that won the World Series. Yeah. Uh, so it was expected for them to not be nearly as good. I don't remember all the guys on that team, but looking at this, I can't think of anybody on this team who was on that World Series roster. Ian Happ, I think, came up a couple years later. But I think it's a total... Unless there's some like fourth closer, I don't think anybody on this Cubs roster was on that World Series. I mean, team. I venture to guess there's probably one or two, but... To your point, significant contributors, you right. know. Um, I don't know that there's yeah. Javi Baez gone, Wilson Contreras gone. Chris Bryant. Yeah. So, Rizzo. The, the Rockies are still paying Chris Bryant. That man turned three exceptional years in an MVP into a 15-year career. People are paying him millions of dollars. He just bounces around to be a big bat. Hey, I'm not mad about it. Hey, I, went to, I, I, went to Chicago, to I went to Chicago the first game back that he played there, and they gave him a whole ovation. You yeah, you you, you in the hundred year playoff drought, you get to probably do whatever you want, Chicago. Hey, when you make one of the, I think was he, did he feel the last out of the World Series? Yeah, I think did, I right? think I think he took a one hopper and threw it to Rizzo, yeah. and those two were like best bros. Yeah, yep. So you know, uh, so if we want to pick teams, I say I think you went the with the Brewers. I got the Brew Crew. Uh, tough division to choose. Yeah. I might have to. I mean, your logic, your logic is important, and I think that pitching overall is is the important thing. So I might have to, I might have to relay what you're saying and, and stick with the Brewers as well. Uh, we're not talking about them too much because they're the Pirates and they're the Pirates. But in my research for this, discovered a guy. His name is O'Neill Cruz. Are you in on O'Neill Cruz? He's amazing. <laughs> he is a six six five. According to ESPN, he is a six seven. 220-pound, 24-year-old shortstop. Now, you know baseball better than I do. How many 6'7 shortstops do you see in the world? He's the tallest ever. <laughs> he also throws a ball 95-plus miles an hour across a diamond and is the fastest player in the major league. In the major leagues. Yeah, throws right, bats left, so he's got that lefty bat as well. At 23 years old, he had a, the two highest exit velocities in the StatCast era last year at 116, 117 miles an hour. So he... He was technically played in the majors for the Pirates in 2021, two games or whatever it's worth. Started last year, played about half the year. So 2023, he could be your big breakout star. So don't say we didn't tell you. O'Neill Cruz, keep an eye on him. He's for the Pirates. You may have to kind of dig to find his information, but you see a six seven man playing shortstop. He's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's not – he's a cheat code. And people are talking about Victor Wembenyama for the NBA draft coming up as a player we've never seen before, like a 7-3, basically a 7-3 LeBron James that can shoot. O'Neal Cruz feels like that for baseball. No, O'Neal Cruz is a cheat code. He, <laughs> I mean, anybody that can throw the ball 90-plus miles an hour, it's like Rafael for call plus a foot and a half. Jeez. 
and we will end our division preview with the NL East. And good job by you saving this for the last. Good tease. Way to save the most intriguing division for the end. Someone's got to do it. So this one, you know, I'm going to be bold and say this is a four-team race because there's one team sitting out there that I think is getting disrespected that... The Nationals? No, you disrespect the Nationals all you want. <laughs> okay. Deal. The Nationals are going to be completing for competing for 30th place in the majors this year. I think they're right down there. You got the A's, the Nationals, the Rockies, the Reds. But the rest of this division, the Braves and the Mets seem to be the trendy picks. I'm going for the Phillies. So I feel like we all collectively forgot they lost in the World Series last year. I'm kind of all in on this Phillies team this year for better or worse. I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm not going to be as ambitious as that. I think it's more of a three-team race. I don't like the Marlins a, a ton. You know, they made a couple of good moves, picking up Luis Arise, who was a uh, reigning national, a uh, reigning uh, batting champion, which is a big move for them. Uh, and they have the, also the uh, the, uh, the the Cy Young winner from last year. God, I forget his name. He pitched. Sandy. I never. I never know whether to say Alcantara or Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah. Um, and he is off to a great start this year, you know, <laughs> shut out the twins. So, um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Marlins roster yet. I think that, you know, a lot of people were disgusted with the, what, uh, Derek Jeter was doing initially to run that franchise. And people didn't really understand what was going on or why he was even making the moves that he was. Um, and now they're kind of coming back on the uptick on the upswing. I just don't think that in this division, they're quite there yet. Um, you know, they have the Braves who, uh, won the world series two years ago, the Phillies that, um, went to the world series last year. And obviously the Mets have, you know, the starting pitchers, uh, Max Scherzer and, uh, and Justin Verlander, you know? Um, but I think that losing Edwin Diaz in the world baseball classic kind of takes a hit to what the Mets have the capability of doing. You know, that's somebody that can trumpets, you know, that's 40, 50 games that he's going to pitch in um, that they that they lose. That's a big loss. You know, you talk about when uh, the Yankees lost Mariano Rivera. It, was a bit, it, made, it, it made a big difference in their season and what they were able to do, um, especially in the back half of that. Um, so, I don't know. For me, uh, I, I obviously what we saw with the Phillies do last year was they focused on um, offense, not defense, and it didn't work. Or did work, but uh, I don't know how sustainable it is. Uh, I think teams are going to catch on to that. So for me, this division goes to the Braves more so uh, out of uh, default because I. It's more it's more because I of the dislike for the other two than it is for the like of the Braves. Uh, but uh, I'm I think I'm more spinning on towards what the Braves are going to do this year. What I feel like didn't the, the Braves lost Dansby Swanson? To the Cubs we just covered. I feel like they lost somebody else. Why am I blanking on who this was? I don't know. But, the, I mean, Max Fried's still there. Charlie Morton's there. I don't love the pitching as much as I love the offense. I just, the Braves feel like one of those trendy teams everybody likes. And, obviously, yes, they have a World Series in their very, very recent history. Won it in 2021. Uh, but, yeah, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna. Fantastic meat of that lineup. I just I don't know that there's the depth there for the Braves. And the Mets... So we kind of glossed over this when we talked about the AL West of Jacob deGrom going to the Rangers because it just feels like the Rangers are paying a maybe beyond his prime pitcher a bunch of money, but he may be the best pitcher of the last decade. But going into this year, would you rather have Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, or Jacob deGrom? Even though I just made Jacob deGrom sound terrible. The point is they're all very veteran pitchers with very decorated careers who are probably all Hall of Famers. But Scherzer came over last year, Verlander comes over this year, and they get rid of deGrom. So which of those three would you have going into 2023 if you had a one pick? 
probably Max Mad Max. I'd pick Mad Max. Yeah. He he's my favorite pitcher since of the last decade at least. Max Scherzer is probably my favorite. Yeah, pitcher. I take Mad Max. I think that he's probably been one of the best pitchers consistently over the last ten years. Yeah. And Verlander somehow Verlander won the Cy Young last year. I don't know what fountain of youth he found, or but Justin Verlander, whatever he did last year was amazing. Starting out this year on the injured list, Degrom. I just feel like with the injuries, Scherzer feels like the safest bet. Safe or otherwise, I really, I mean, I don't know. Just, I think that he's, I don't know. I just, I, no. he's got that that weird, like, bulldog pitcher's mentality, and I'm sure that the other two have that as well. But Mad Max is just a crazy, he's a crazy man. So, yeah, I just, I, I love watching him pitch, and I love his game. And, you know, uh, Justin Verlander is that prototypical power pitcher, and you know the older you get, this, the, you, it's hard to throw 98 miles an hour when you're 40 years old. It's just... Mm-hmm. The nature of what happens, you know, like even Nolan Ryan struggled when he was getting that old. And Nolan Ryan is probably the most iconic power pitcher of right. all time. Um, so there is a there is a cliff, and I don't know when he's going to fall off of it. To your point, like he found the random fountain of youth last year, and I just don't know how much longer that's going to be part of his game. So um, that's why that's again that's more why I want to go with Max Scherzer in this decision. I think the Braves and the Mets are both playoff teams. But I'm riding with the defending AL pennant winners. I'm going the Phillies to win this. I get Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Taiwan Walker in my rotation. Absolutely. And Craig Kimbrell is my closer. Love it. JT Real Muto. They add Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos. There's a lot to like about this Phillies team. And having been there last year, I, I'm going with the Phillies. And I think a slight upset most people seem to be in on the Mets or the Braves. I'm picking the Braves. It's the first time we've gone opposite each other in the NL. We agreed on two out of six. They also have Bryce Harper. Where's What's Mr. Harper up to? He's not on my depth chart. Did he also get Tommy John? <laughs> I don't know that that would happen. I think maybe he had a <laughs> shoulder injury. Did he get a haircut? Doubt it. He's getting. He's going for like that Troy Polamalu head and shoulders advertisement. Well, I don't know that anybody will ever do that. Boom. I said it just to be snarky. In November, Bryce Harper underwent Tommy John surgery. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, a, didn't, I didn't hilarious. know you did that as an outfielder. <laughs> I mean, arm injuries are going for everybody. So, Going into the rules and the changes here, first, let's let's pick our winners here. So it, we have six teams making the playoffs from each uh, conference, each league now. So your top two division winners get a first-round bye. So sorry, presumably, AL Central winner. You have to play in the wild card weekend. So top two get a bye, and then your third winner will play one of three wild cards. So your six, we'll start with the AL. Your six playoff teams. So you've got Yankees, Mariners, Twins. Who are your other three? Astros. That's your four. Blue Jays. Blue Jays, four. Five, that's five. Oh, wait, did I pick the Blue Jays to win? I picked the Yankees to win, right? Yeah, that's sorry, five. Reading is hard. Math is hard. Everything is hard. Um, Astros. Blue Jays. You've got Astros, Blue Jays, Mariners, Yankees, Twins. You know what I'm going to do? You're going to go crazy over me for this, saying this. Tigers. I'm going to say that no. I'm going to oh. say the AL West is going to get a third team in. I think the Angels will be in the playoffs. I wanted to pick the Angels so bad, but they're the Angels. So okay. I know that's why I have a hard time doing it. <laughs> but I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going I'm to roll with it. Other than Trout and Shohei, I'd... Anthony Rendon. He's not allowed to play right now. 
So we actually, in, in different orders, I have Astros, Blue Jays, Yankees, Mariners. I have Twins as my sixth wild card team. The one I have in that you don't is the oh, White Sox. Thank you. So we, we have almost all the same teams we just flipped. You don't have the White Sox in. I have them as my central winner. I have the Angels and Rays as my on the outside looking in. So if we went down to seven and eight, I've got the Angels at seven and Rays at eight. Which I would have the White Sox at seven. Look how close we are. Yeah, I would have the White Sox at seven. Now, and the Rays, oh, that would probably seven A, seven B with the White Sox and the Rays. And I know it's bitten me several years in the row, but I'm going to pick it till it happens. Blue Jays win in the American League. I, I feel like I picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series last year, if I remember right. Yeah, look how well we did. I think both of us just fell on our <laughs> face. Because I think we both had them at least going to the World Series. Yeah, I definitely had them deep in the AL yeah. pennant race. And that just did not work yeah. out for either one of us. Nope. Bad move. Jose Barrios is not – I'll say this. He is not the pitcher that people think that he is. He's good. He's really good. But he he's not uh, – he's not as – I just don't think he's – what they need i just don't i don't think so so your al winner is al winner pennant pennant winner if you will we'll go with mariners gonna do it mariners i can't pick the mariners i can't do it we'll go with the crap that hmm. cannot pick the a's yankees Yankees, ooh! I'm gonna pick the Yankees. I like their pitching. I like their lineup. I don't like their franchise, but I like <laughs> <laughs> the, the talent is there, right? We go over to the NL where you have the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Brewers. So far, you got three wild card spots to fill. Okay, Mets, Phillies, Padres. So we have we have the exact same six, just in different orders, probably. I've got so my so we both have the Do- Brewers and Dodgers winning, and then I've got the Phillies winning with the Braves, Mets, and Padres getting my wild cards. Okay. So the NL making the NL seem very straightforward, which means something's going to go wrong. I've got the Cards and Marlins on the outside looking in with the Cubs is like a wild hair pick, but it means Clayton cards- Kershaw is going to have a shoulder blowout in like a month. No, he's fine till the playoffs. Yeah, but he can't pick it in playoffs. He has shoulder blowout next month. Ice it. Yeah, rest some dirt on it. <laughs> Who are you picking? Stupid, but I got Phillies and Blue Jays, so I look forward to being horribly wrong on both accounts. Which you will be, but that's okay. Thank you. Because I'm going to be wrong too, so I don't care. Like I said, we picked the Blue Jays just, last year, and that I'm, didn't work out very well for us. So. I'm just not wowed by the Mets, the Braves, or the Brewers, and I didn't want to be boring and pick the Dodgers, so I was kind of left with Phillies and Padres. I feel like everybody's picking the Padres. so. You know what? I'm going to backdoor my way into this. I'm going to pick the Padres. So. Ah, see? But I, but I'm they're backing their way in. I say they're coming through the wild card. So, but, I, yeah. but I think that they have the ability to win a three-game series with their pitching. I think they have the ability to win a seven-game series with their pitching. So, you know, when you have the best two offensive players potentially in the series, when you have Manny Machado and Juan Soto on your roster, I think that makes a big difference. And I don't know that there's any other team in the, N- in the NL that has two, two players that match up in terms of their caliber offensive and offensive production. Maybe the Dodgers. And so I just I like their odds. And so I'm going to go with the Padres. So you've got a Padre Yankees World Series. Which is wild to think about. <laughs> well, don't worry. I've got a Blue Jays Phillies. So, All Northeast, baby. You know, 
the how's this for critical thinking and logic? The Astros lost in 2021, won in 2022. The Phillies are going to lose in 2022 and win in 2023. Go Phillies. Go Phillies, huh? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll put the Yankees down in there then. Wow. I thought you'd at least pick the Padres so you didn't have to go for the evil empire. No, I hate the evil empire, but I don't think that the I don't think that the Padres would stand up to them very much, so all right. What else of baseball related related do we need to get to before we get a couple of quick topics? They here? have bigger bases and a pitch clock. Ah, yes, rules and the universal DH. So I the don't, universal DH is a couple years old now, though. I don't know quite as much about this as you do, but tell me more about how you, how you feel as a. I feel like you straddle that line between baseball purist and somewhat progressive. I feel like you like your old school classic baseball, but the two big ones are the pitch clock and the elevated bases. So let's. Let's get your take on both of those. Yeah. So uh, watching – so here's here's what – baseball purist. I'm a baseball purist. I love the game of baseball, the original big game of baseball. Uh, and I think that there are some reasons as to why we need to keep the original game of baseball uh, as pure as we can. But uh, there also have been games where it has taken uh, a minute between pitches, which is also just boring to watch. And so as somebody who wants the game to grow and wants the game to develop through uh, the youth – um, they have to do a better job of keeping it more entertaining towards kids that have the the a wandering mind. And so if you've paid it to any attention to the games this year, I think the game times are down to two hours and 35 minutes or so. Yeah, they shaved a half hour off from last shaved year. Shaved a half hour off the games. And I was watching the Mariners game the other night, and I felt like we got to the fifth inning in like an hour. Huh? Um, and so the games are just – I mean, not to say that the uh, – the games, I don't know if they're more exciting, but they definitely move at a quicker tempo. So you have to stay engaged. You have to, you, you can't have a wandering mind nearly as much. Otherwise, you probably will miss something. Um, and the, with the, <laughs> you know, and say, what are you doing to keep the youth engaged? Like, what are some of the funnest things to watch? Watching people steal bases is a fun, exciting play. You know, say, and, if it's preventing pitchers from throwing over and having bigger bases, if that's what you have to do in order for them to make the game more exciting, I'm for it because ultimately what you all you're doing is making sure that, you know, you're keeping the game of baseball alive um, for those eight year olds, 10 year olds, 12 year olds who don't have a favorite player who don't have any clue about what team is going to win the world series. They just don't follow it because they have no interest in it. And so that is ultimately what is most important when it comes to all this. Um, and so I like the rule change, even though I am a baseball purist. I think that the rationale and the reasoning behind why they're doing it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so I think that we're going to end up benefiting from what they've done so far. Now, how about not having guys who just are boom or bust and then they foul off 10 pitches let me get some quicker at bats instead of having every guy being, I'm going to be home run or strike out, but I'm going to foul off 10 hits while I'm at it. Yeah. And so that is coming more out of the shift change, shift change. Didn't we change those rules? Didn't we cancel the shift as well? Exactly. So they changed. So they basically with the rule that they created now for this year was you have to have two infielders on each side of the of second base. You have to have four players touching the infield dirt. Um, and you, and, and, I mean, and three players in the outfield essentially. So, right. So essentially you just got rid of the shift, which, um, 
I mean, already the batting average is the overall batting average last year was for the first week was 220. And I think what they showed this stat to this year so far, the batting average is 250. Unless it's Joey Gallo. He just hits home runs. And then it's 163. He's hit two home runs oh. already. <laughs> and struck out how many times? I don't know. But he's hit home runs. And so uh, that part alone, because it, A, makes makes the middle infielders, they they are required to have more range now because they have farther to go on certain batted balls. But it also leaves more space in the infield, which will uh, in turn, hopefully, right, uh, make it so that there's players that aren't just having that launch angle swing that are swinging to hit home runs um, and they have the ability or want to to uh, you know pepper the ball through the infield, hit more singles, hit more doubles, um, and in turn putting more ba- base runners on, more stolen bases, and uh, just creating more intrigue and interest that way. So, you know, it, I, I fought that one for a little bit because, you know, I thought that if you're if you're getting paid twenty, thirty, forty million dollars a year, you should be able to hit the ball to left field if there's four guys on the right field the right side of the of the field. Um you know, because there's a lot of times where you saw Rizzo or Robinson Cano just bunt the ball down the third base line and get a double out of it, right? So we did see that happen. Um, and I don't know, like, would you ban would you ban a too high defense in football? No, that doesn't make any sense either. Um, just so we could have more passing yards. But I think that based off of analytics and everything that we're seeing, that they have to they have to create a way just to make the game more exciting. So uh, I do. And it's growing on me, and I appreciate it more now. Uh, but I, initially, I was a little bit against the whole shift ban. Um, but I, I do, I do see why uh, it is becoming a part of the game. And I, I think people treat this as though they're just thrown out there. Baseball really thinks about this. They tried it in the minors. They really have tested these things. Is it? So we have universal DH. We talked about changed a couple of years ago. The shift ban. The raised bases, and then it's the pitch It's not block. raised bases. They made what the bases. So they went from 12 by 12 to 18 by 18. Bigger bases. Bigger bases. Better, better way to say it. Yeah. They just, they just look taller. Like they just, they're, they're not just, taller. Just, they're just bigger. They're just mm-hmm. death perception, so they look bigger. God, imagine what Ricky Henderson would do today. They're saying that we might have a 60 stolen base guy for the first time in since maybe Ricky, I think, or Barry Bonds. It was one of the two. or the last ones to do it. <laughs> so... Which is a big deal. Tim Anderson's going to steal 100 bases? No, he's not. Isn't he the guy? I don't know. Who stole all the bases last year? Byron Buxton's going to steal 100 he bases. Is, he just got injured again. Why do you hate me? Because <laughs> we've all seen Byron Buxton's MLB career. And then the pitch clock. I feel like I feel like the pitch clock is the one getting the most vitriol from fans and everybody around. Eventually, it's just going to become something that we get used to. The only thing that I will say about the pitch clock is that I they should make an exception to the rule where you can't end in a bat on it and you can't end a game on it. I think those are probably the, would be the only two exceptions to what the pitch what the because there are the you automatic ball, automatic strike whenever you get in and out of the box or start your one up or whatever. I don't agree with a free walk just because the pitcher did start his wind up a second late. I think that those are the highest leverage pitches in and at bat, so it's okay to take 25 to 30 seconds instead of the 20 seconds that we all are looking to now with the pitch clock. But outside of that, you know, the pace of play has just picked up so much. There's only two and a half minutes between game, between innings now, right? And they have the counter on there, and the 20 seconds in between, especially with pitch calm, 
you know, you say you're not flashing five or six signs and, and getting shaken off three or four times with the pitcher um, with a runner on second base so they can go through things a lot faster. So there's no reason why they can't do it. But I just don't want to end the World Series because the pitcher decided to take 21 seconds to throw a pitch um, and he ended up walking the guy to, to, to end the World Series. That's, that's not what we want to have happen either. A side note, Tim Anderson is eighth in the majors in stolen bases right now. So One weekend. Nah, details. But eight How many I- does he have? Two? <laughs> Maybe. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I didn't have time to pull up 2022 stats. No, I, I'll, I'll give it a tr- trial run. And again, people ask, like, act like baseball has never changed. It's gone through plenty of innovations and changes over time. I mean, the White Sox wore shorts for a year. so Only and- like three games? <laughs> so there's, give it one year. Let's try it out. I'm, I'm willing to see how I like it. And if it makes the games faster... I'm I'm all for it. One of my biggest beefs with college football is it takes like four hours to get through a game right now, and nobody needs that much. Let's let's all collectively give it a chance and be optimistic for now. And let's not pretend that like if you've ever been to a college football game in person, we can't let's not pretend like those games couldn't get sped up. Correct. They just people like football more, so they're more willing to embrace the long commercial breaks. Right. Right. People just aren't willing to do that as much when it comes to baseball. So you got to do what you can to make it more exciting. And there you have it, our MLB preview episode for this month. We'll keep an eye on the majors as the season goes along, but now we're going to take a quick transition over, spend a few minutes talking about the NBA, end of the postseason, and playoffs. Careful. Lakers are crawling their way back into the playoffs. They're I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. Let's just say that. They're somehow good now. I don't know what happened. Or They got rid of Russell Westbrook. That's what happened. Top three are set. Austin's Phoenix Suns are set. But no, we're down, not. What are you talking about? We're not set. You're fine. But you get to the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. There's an interesting race. If the Lakers can get out of that play-in tournament, like you said, LeBron is going Thanos mode at this point. Yeah, I would question as to whether or not they have the ability to stay both of them stay healthy through multiple intense series. But I also wouldn't question them. Uh, so I, nobody would be. Uh, <laughs> he literally hurt his ankle like two days line. in. Just peak, peaking at the right time. They're going to go all UConn on this thing. Hey, all we need is tw- 16 wins, and they're undefeated with Kevin Durant. So they're at what? We're at 78, so they they can't get higher than the four, but they feel good to be in that four or five, which Suns Clippers I like. But if you're the Suns, and if, if you get Suns Lakers in the first round, then I'd be concerned if the Lakers keep up what they're doing. That, yeah. That'd I, be a, if, if you get KD versus LeBron in the first round, yes, please. Yeah, and again, uh, I would not want to play LeBron James, Anthony Davis in the first round. I wouldn't also would not want to play Steph and Clay and Draymond in the first. round. Yeah, I don't round. like that either. Yeah, <laughs> even though I don't think that they're anywhere. Cl- as those two teams are not championship teams. Let's just put that ooh, down there first. Ooh. But I don't know that they are well because the because the Warriors can't win on the road and the Lakers can't stay healthy. Just like it's just reality, right? But the, war- you, the Warriors are nine and thirty on the road. They can't win on the road, and but I don't. Again, as as I said, 
before with the Dodgers and whoever else. Like, it's like you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes, like until he. You just like it's right. like you just don't do it. It's like I don't care if he's going in as a seventh seed. Like you just don't do it. It's the same thing with Steph, really, and that Warriors dynasty and whatever. Like who would have thought that last year that they were going to win the championship? I doubt that there were a lot of people that said, you know what, that's the team, that's who's going to win it. But because of all the experience and who they have and. I just I don't I wouldn't want to face him, you know. Not having Andrew Wiggins is a big deal uh, because all of their scoring basically comes from their front court or their back court, uh, and so I don't. Again, I don't think they're a championship caliber team, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams ended up in the eight seed and ended up beating the Nuggets in the first round. Ooh, that's a bold take. I, w- I would have given you. Could beat Memphis or Sacramento, but I love this Denver team. So who, who is who do you have winning the West? You just picked against everybody. Phoenix. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, but you know what though too is. But but if you're Phoenix, I want the Clippers first. I want to stay in that four uh, or five yeah. spot. I would ab- I'd want the Clippers more than the Warriors or Lakers. Of course, I wouldn't want to face the Lakers. But I also, you know what, as a Phoenix fan, and this is a big old tangent, I don't care. This year, like, of co- like, do you want to win? Yeah, of course you want to win. But we weren't expecting to win a championship this year to begin with. So now it's house money. Side note: How old are the Clippers? This is their starting lineup: Russ, Paul George, Kawhi, Nicholas Batum, Avika Zubak, and Eric Gordon coming off the bench, and Mason Plumley. Those are their top seven contributors. So do we know? Yeah, <laughs> do we know when Paul George is going to be healthy? Is Kawhi even healthy? I have a th- I have Kawhi's a been playing. Paul I, George just got hurt. I need to look this up. I have a theory. I need to look back before and after Kawhi signed his New Balance shoe endorsement deal because I think there's a. I well, a I thought he signed it when he was in Toronto. Even then, has he really been that consistent with the Clippers? Like, has he been like uh, he Spurs, signed it in Kawhi? Toronto? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fairly confident. Okay, so Kawhi has been playing. He's been playing all throughout March and April. PG, what's PG's game log? Well, he got he hurt his knee like two weeks ago or a week ago. He last played March twenty first. He's been playing all March. I thought he was out a couple times. He's yeah, he's been really consistent twenty twenty three up until March twenty first. No, Paul George is. I mean, this is weird to say, but he's like almost underrated. He's so he's good, like he's really good. Um, he just he just kind of gets a bad rap because he because he's a good defender, so he has to go up against all the best offensive players. That's true. And uh, he clanked a three-point shot off the side of the backboard in the bubble, and everybody remembers that. So, <laughs> not getting. Did he get the Pacers to the finals? Or did they get the Eastern Conference? No finals? way. He did not make it to the finals. But yeah, they I had to the Eastern Conference finals. I think ran into LeBron, if I remember. Yeah, because well, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron James LeBron. doesn't lose in the East. Right. So, right. so you're going Suns. Well, while we're here and we're this deep in the episode, let's throw it in there. Pick your Eastern Conference winner then. You got Bucks. You got Celtics. Sixers. You got Sixers. You got I got, Cavs. I got Sixers. Nobody, nobody will jump on the Cavs bandwagon with me. They have the best player, Joel Embiid. I don't know that I'm bold enough to pick against the Bucks, but I'm going to sit here banging my drum for the Cavaliers team. And with that, we thank you all for joining us on episode 99. You can find the Sports, sports Gospel podcast on all your favorite platforms or sportsgospel.com. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next week for our big episode 100 celebration. Bye. Thank you.